Forgotten Heroes, the podcast all about comic book heroes, villains, and the less no variants. As always, I'm Zach, and I'm joined by Chris. Chris, we're alive. We didn't die. We are alive. I almost had us change our intro, Forgotten Heroes, the podcast that was forgotten about with their heroes, because it's been so long. No, we've had we've had a busy... Uh, yeah. Let's see. I've been running around mostly, more so in the past couple of weeks, but I finished up my master's. My sister got me. Uh, I got... Co- I fixed a hole in my... You know, fun stuff. Yeah, I mean, you also had some life updates. Yeah, I moved. I'm no yeah. longer living at a, no longer living at home. I have a whole new setup. I'm an adult, and sometimes it's great. So, yeah, <laughs> um, comes to the territory. Exactly. So you know, there's some half good, half bad things about it. Yeah. But what's never cha- never going to change is I'm a big freaking nerd. <laughs> so I, yeah. so uh, speaking of good and bad, <laughs> we're talking about uh. Very, <laughs> I would say a character that people, I don't even want to say there was a good good representation in the movie. No, and it's not because she was, the movie wasn't great. Oh, you're talking about Newton's or whatever? Yeah, I yeah. think it, it didn't know really what it was doing, I think. It, it tried to be like a gritty sort of, It tried to be know. horror without being horror. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. Which I think there, there's a place for horror in this type of media, but they they kind of they missed the mark on it. Yes, but they also made I don't know what it was magic in this or Ileana Rasputin Rasputina whatever same thing. Mm. Um, in the movie, just I don't know, it's weird. But um, yes, Rasputina, she is actually a descent in the comics. Her and her brother Piotr or Peter also known as Colossus, are descendants of Rasputin, the infamous, you know, quote-unquote dark wizard or whatever the heck. Um, so, yeah, she's actually both a mutant and connected to the magical world of Marvel, to the point that she's a sorceress supreme, but not of Earth. She's right. of another plane of existence, which is connected to Earth because pocket dimensions. But before we get into that, Mm-hmm. It's a bit more about her. What do you, Chris, what have you been reading in your on our long unexpected hiatus? Oh boy. Um, let's see. I caught up with current runs as of Sinister. Um, I did catch up. Good, because I'll be I'll be honest. I, I, all that stuff has been kind of. I've been following it. Yeah. But but not like I don't know like not I haven't been trying to read it. I'm kind of waiting to see, like, are they going to make one big old book of Sins of Sinister so I can just grab... Like, I've been... Again, I've been keeping up with it Yeah. through I, I, YouTube I, and stuff, but, like... I will say that it's the most all over the place, I think. Yeah, the most frustrating part of it has been keeping track of the timeline, and that's very much, like, I love doing that type of thing, but it's definitely, I think, a little bit more convoluted than it should be. Well, I think from what I understand, anything under the Sins of Sinister banner was, like, issue one was 10 years in the future... Yeah. Issue two was a hundred years, and then issue three was like a thousand, and then they just ended it, and I'm like, okay, and now we're in Fall of X, and that's 
all over the place. Yeah, yeah. No, the Sins of Sinister, the makeup was interesting. The best part about it, in my opinion, was the offshoots and, like, Sins of Sinister Dominion. So, like, the personal character stories. Because mm-hmm. um, the larger issues of, like, 10, 100,000 years, like you said, they were very generalized. And I think that's why they did the offshoots and stuff like that. Um, but, I mean, it's it's a Sinister you know? He's a, a, a cloning antagonist. Was... But... That ending also was weird to me. I mean, uh, I I didn't hate it that much. No, the ending know? the ending part and this is again a spoiler. So if you've caught up, skip ahead a few seconds. When he tries to go back and he can't because he's because o- there's already a sinister in his way. And I'm like, who? Who? That was, that why? Was how? Yeah, I'll give I'll give you that. That was odd because it also didn't seem totally like following the continuity of the character. But at the same time, it's only I think supposed to be four of like, him currently. So does that, does right. that mean there was a fifth? Yeah, I think it was just written off as like him being the X factor that sort of screwed up. That's kind of how I interpreted it. But at the same time, that also doesn't totally make a whole lot of sense. So, I mean, once again, we're going to run into continuity errors with cloning and with X-Men in, in, in general. Well, that also um, the whole thing was like, oh, change his whole past. Like, the Sinister we know isn't even Nathaniel Essex OG. Right. That guy died. Right, yeah. And now there's four of him, and one of them decided to become a woman. And that's what happens when you drastic uh, original character antagonist or anywhere else, and, you know, when you change the origin like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but overall, I, I will say it started really good. It kept me engaged for a yes. good amount of time. And then towards the end, it did kind of peter off a little bit. But overall, I think I'm fairly happy with it creative decision put aside don't know why they Welcome necessarily mother righteous yeah i don't know necessarily why they needed to change his quote-unquote origin that much i think they could have maybe done it in a timey-wimey or sciencey type way and still have gotten honestly part of me feels result. like they could have just been like sinister is nathaniel essex and he made three clones and they both all basically said fuck you dad and we're out of here right exactly i don't know why you had to make the one that we know also a clone <laughs> Yeah, no, it was an odd choice for who delivered the mailman's mail type thing. Um, but no, overall, it's I, I there were pieces of it that I expected, and there were little pieces that I didn't. Little characters, like I said, mm-hmm. those were the cool parts. And Dominion, I think, was probably my part of it. Um, so caught up on that, caught up on Dark Web completely because I was reading it last time we talked and I hadn't finished it. Caught up on that. Um, I still stand in the same spot where I did with Ben Riley as we talked about it last time. Which I remember, I think I saw, I'll never stop talking about him. I feel like Panda Red, and he did a little funny skit yeah. where MJ's talking to. Yep, I saw, I, I know what you said. I sent yep. that to him, and he's talking to, she's talking to Peter, and he's like, yeah, I might not be the real Peter. And she's like, we cannot have clothes hug again. He's like, no, no, no. Uh, Superior Spider-Man, he essentially died in Doc Ock's body. So Doc Ock recreated Peter Parker with whatever was left of his consciousness still in his body. So mm-hmm. He might not. So then Ben Riley comes in. He's like, oh, so I am the real one. It's like, fuck off, Ben. <laughs> Go away. <laughs> like, no, shut up. Oh, uh, they should have. Yeah, I have. I have about that. But I mean, like, um, I, like I said, I'm all for make Ben. You want Ben Riley to be Ben Riley? Cool. Don't. Yeah. I don't know what they're doing. The, the station that they gave him at the end of Dark Web was interesting. Him, him holding up Limbo. Yeah, him, once again, you know, I guess, you know, with him taking up and being chasm now, I guess, nowadays. First of all, 
Suit looks rad. Would love to see that. Suit looks Spider-Man rad. Game. Suit looks rad. My concern is, my problem is, is it a symbiote? Because they made it look like it was. They made it seem like it was when he became Chasm. That's exactly where I was gonna go. It seemed very symbiote-like. But then all of a sudden it's a suit. But, I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> what yeah, happened? Yeah, it was weird. I think it's meant to be like weird limbo magic, weird stuff going on in there. I don't know totally, but. I don't know. I guess I would just, I would like to, I'm, I'm glad that he's put see a more permanent, but at the same time, I kind of hoped it would be a little bit more. Cause I feel like a lot of times when they don't know what they're doing with characters, they literally make them Lords and ladies of limb. You know, it happens a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but caught up on that. <clears throat> um, I also read through Godzilla, uh, the complete rulers of the earth, um, which was interesting to say the least oh, i had yeah, these really... these are still things i gave you forever ago yeah no this one i'm still working it i'm making good i'm making a damn good dent i'm probably no, you're in the g's yeah i'm probably well i'm not going out that i just like i hate I, to break it to you but when you do come down you have more things There's to take back yeah. no i know but at least you're keeping me um no i don't go alphabetical i just kind of if i'm like what am i feeling today i find something i haven't read and i'm like all right let's start here i don't i don't go alphabetical i'm not nearly that organized um but this was a wild ride and one that i didn't think i would enjoy as much as i did um i'm not really a monster flick type guy or monster reader type guy the closest i get to that is like slasher flicks because i really really love horror um but i enjoyed it it was a lot of fun it was really cool to sort of just like I don't know. I feel like a lot of the monster movies nowadays don't really have like serious enough consequences. Um, and based on how this one ends, you could kind of make an argument for that too. But I think there mm-hmm. was enough going on. That I remember. I, was, I want to read, I, I, but I've never found me. it. I've never found it. I keep hearing about Godzilla and hell, how he just That's walked awesome. through hell and just pretty much died, but then said no. Like I think I remember seeing like little like pages of it. I'd read that. Where he's like consumed by these demons and then the demons come back and form around the skeleton that they left his body again and he just walks out of hell. I'm like, cool. excuse me? Cool. Yeah, no, like, Godzilla is cool. Always been cool. Yes. That's awesome. We're getting another uh, Godzilla, I think. Yeah, Godzilla minus. Yeah, it's, I don't know what's going on. I, I will say I watched, enjoyed it for what That was a good Yeah, I know um, people, people didn't, people are good. I'm like, why are you going to a monster it's a, fight? It's movie? a monster movie. Yeah, don't be expecting Oscars to come on. Yeah. Um, I also read Constantine: The Spark and the Flame. Some Constantine in my life. So I don't know um, Constantine in anyone's life. Yeah, like. right. it was only volume one. Um, I will say I I was a little, but I'm also coming off the heels of like reading Hellraiser right before I read this too because mm-hmm. Hellraiser is so deep, and I was just kind of like I want to read more Constantine. Um, and I've already talked about that I read Hellraiser views that I have, like, all the hard issues, so if I will just take that fucking thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but overall, I still really, really like Constantine. Um, I followed up a little bit with it online, but I haven't finished it. Um, like I said, it's not holding my attention as much as I thought it would, although it having Jeff Lemire's name on definitely helps. I'm a big fan. Um, what else did I read? Oh, I read through Rorschach. Um, which was a black label hardcover that I got at Comic-Con with Zach. And it was Rorschach book, you know. There were no surprises there. Wonderful, gritty, noir, heavy, sort of saturated, dark and brooding, horrible person that even though I can enjoy him and read through his arcs, I'm not going to idolize him. Please don't idolize him. Please recognize Rorschach for what he is. This is a PSA. Uh... He's really good source material. He's not a good guy. If you go into this wanting a good guy, you're reading Rorschach wrong. Anyways, I finished that, and it was really good. Is this Rorschach with the OG one or the new one? Uh, This is the OG. Uh, oh, no, this is the new one. Yep. It's the new guy? It's, okay. it's, the, bla- it's the black label new. Because um, is, is this the guy with the guy who, the guy who showed up in Doomsday Clock? 
Uh, yes. Okay. Yeah. So not as good as OG, but still. Yes. Tough to miss like this, flushed out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I also fully completed Jason Aaron's Thor run, which I've been meaning to do for a very long time. I had had bits and pieces here and there. I knew how it ended. I knew sort of like the main sort of plot in it, but I still wanted to go through and read it for myself. Um, one of the most beautiful comics ever in my life, hands down. It was just absolute. Every page and every panel was a for the eyes. It was wonderful. Um, and I read through the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen again because I found the movie the other night. And then when I had COVID, I was just nostalgia through channels finding old movies. It's it's so it's a. I don't know why people rag on the movie. It's not terrible. It's not great, but it's not. It's terrible. very. It's very cheap. I also feel bad that it is Sean Connery's last movie that he ever did. Was it the last one he ever did? I I'm pretty sure, sure he. That. I'm pretty sure he retired after that, and I don't think I don't think he had any nice things to say about it, if yeah. I remember correctly. I mean, it's clear that it didn't have like amazing production value, and it was just like I, I I will say I think as a kid I enjoyed it for what it was. I grew up and was kind of like the hell is this, and then I read through the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, watched the movie again, and I think I appreciate it. the so. book is. The book's awesome. The book is also the book's incredible. for its time. There <laughs> oh, are yeah. some words that I would not. Uh, oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, but no. The storytelling is there, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's what I was up all up in with the comic pages and all that. What were you reading? Well, let's see here. I can tell you what currently I am reading. What do you got? So I actually this is really funny. So my a friend of my a friend of my family, mm-hmm. her her daughter uh, just got into college. And okay. she likes manga, so I gave her pretty much all my manga that I had that I w- couldn't fit into the boxes because she wanted she liked manga. So I'm like, ah, screw it, here I'm getting rid of things. So I rebought oh, um, Pokemon Adventures uh, Collector's Editions one, two, and three. Oh, cool! But I had all ten. <laughs> gave them away. And then, and then got, got the first three. But then I got the first three. But I'm like, but this that's like OG Pokemon. Like that's right, the right. so yeah. Um, I'm also reading Batman Beyond Neo Year. Oof. I'm just gonna read. The, I just want to read the, the 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 little not even the synopsis. The uh, uh the um whatever the thing that the quote that's for Bruce Wayne is dead. Batman lives. Hell yeah. That's it. That's all I want. I don't even want to read the synopsis. I don't even want to spoil anything. <laughs> Love that type of story. Uh-huh. Um, and, th- and there's Terry McGinnis without a Bruce in his ear. So, like, shit. You get lots of Terry, which is never yeah. a bad thing. Uh, I also read Multiversity Teen Justice. Ooh, I don't think I've had a chance to pick that up yet. It, I mean, it's fun. Yeah. I, I don't know about well-written, but it's fun. Um, For some reason, and I'm just going to say it, the Green Lanterns are bad guys. Huh. Because the Star Sapphires are the good ones. Okay. Um. Interesting. Yeah, Carol Fer- Ferris is the replacement for Green for Hal Jordan, pretty much. This is on Earth 11, so this is the gender swapped universe. Gotcha. Um, yeah, I mean, so I, I, you know, I have a, a little some thoughts, and so I, it's not. Yeah, it's and it's not like they switched the um, it's not like they switched like the yellows are good and the greens are bad. It's just no, the Star Sapphires actually took up when I think they explain why they're whatever. Um, but Teen Justice is. I'm gonna, I just want to name the Jackie Hyde Aqua Girl, Jess Chambers Kid Quick. This okay. is a not non-binary cool. um, one, and Jesse Quick is right. uh, the Flash of this universe. This one I love, Clarine the Witch Girl. Oh, cool! Yeah, that's awesome. And obviously Tikal. Right. Um, Talia Kane. Oh. Guess who, who's that? Who do you think that is? Oh, wait, Talia Kane. Yes. <clears throat> so Talia Al Ghul and. Kate Kane. 
Well, her mother is Batwoman. Right. And her father is... Raish. I don't know. I don't remember, actually. Oh, okay. Um, That's Ali an interesting Al- comment. Ali Al Ghul. Ali Al Ghul. Oh, okay, gotcha. So, again, gender... Yeah. Um, Laurel Kent. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> Donald Troy. He was formerly Donald. known as Wondrous Boy. Dude, Donnie. The or... Amazon... And, well, in the, here, the Amazons <laughs> of Elysium are all men. Uh, yeah, good point. All right, yeah. So, um, and Raven. Just Raven. Right, well, Raven is a dude wearing a hoodie <laughs> with no sleeves yeah. and jeans. Yeah, Raven is kind of androgynous. I never really thought about that. Yeah. That's a good point. Um, it's also apparently romantically interested in Troy in this universe, which I find that's which kinda, I love. kind of cute. Yeah. Uh, and Georgia Gigi Gardner as Warrior. Yeah. Yep. All right. And yeah, I mean the uh, it's fun, it's cute. I think I also there's a good good team. There's a good page. We see a lot of the Justice League members. There's Zatara, mm-hmm. who um, I don't know how to describe him his look. So I'm gonna just here you go, Chris. You oh, describe that. He is absolutely fabulous. All right, there you go. Um, <laughs> one of one of the oh yeah, love it. Um, yeah. There's, I mean, this is even funnier. I just see Hawk, Hawk, Hawk Girl and Hawkman. Really, it doesn't look like anything's changed other than maybe who their names. Right. But I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's just funny to. I mean, based um, on their sort of like life prophecy, it makes sense that not a whole lot would change. I also read Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, um, <laughs> the Armageddon Games opening moves. Oh, okay. Shredders on the side of the turtles. Oh, I love it. I love it. Because uh, they eventually have to fight the Rat King. Um, and Krang is inhabiting Leatherhead. Yeah, I don't I'm, like I'm it. Still, I'm still learning the, the mythos. Leatherhead but... is the giant crocodile mutant. Right. And Thank Krang you. is the guy whose stomach no, I, I, robots. I, I remember who Krang is. I just didn't. I, I was, but, so shove, shove Krang in Leatherhead's stomach, and that's what we're dealing with. That's a weird. Yeah, I don't know why either, to be honest. Okay. Um... Yep. I also read Mighty Morphin uh, issue four or volume four and um, Power, Power Rangers four. Uh, yeah, uh, I think right now we're dealing with an El- Altarian war. OK. Zordon's people are invading. Oh, sh- <laughs> yep. That's a new. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Fucking it. Um, but I've also been keeping up with this and I know crazy shit happens later, but I haven't obviously caught up. And I've read, uh, I've got the Spider-Verse, uh, I don't even know if this is a omnibus, but this is like the whole original Spider-Verse collection, because I'm pretty sure I gave you the main story, but this is like all the side shit. You did. The side stuff, for, I mean, all of Spider-Verse, but the side stuff is... Mm-hmm. I think the clones, the clones working together was really funny to me. Yeah, that was cool. I like that they kind of embraced it. I just yeah. like took, they were kind of like, yeah, we fucked up here, but now we're going to like turn it into like really cool. Yep. And uh, it was fun. Yeah. A lot of, I mean, I've done deep reading, I'd say, and I do have more to do, trying to make keep myself from buying more. Yeah, it never um, stops. Thankfully, yeah. I have you to sugar daddy me, so I haven't had to buy some in a while. Ugh, I really like that. <laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> all right. Anyway, we're going to get back to the magic and talk about magic. Yeah. Do you want to, like, break down her powers a little bit more? Or? I can talk a little bit about So she was actually... Kidnapped. I'm not to go too in deep. But I'm just... not. But she, sister of Colossus, kidnapped by um. Let's see. She was kidnapped by uh, Belasco and kept her in limbo. So she kind of grew up quickly, I guess. 
Um, but she, yeah, she was actually kind of like if you ever read X Men Inferno, she's important there. Uh, she joined the New Mutants. She also has a demon form called Dark Child, which um, we will talk about a couple. Yes, she has died. She has come back as combo characters do. Right now, let's see. She oh, she was a part of the Phoenix Five. Um, her power, and now she's dealing with House of X and all that stuff. So. She has her mutant ability is called, something called stepping discs, which allow her to teleport across vast distances through time or the multiverse if she tries hard enough because they're connected to limbo. Um, so she well, limbo has to be a midway point. So kind of like how how um, Nightcrawler teleports and technically teleports through a hell dimension. Um, his, his, his is more for like split second, but sh- so is hers, I guess. And hers also has a little bit more of a caveat to it where the more she travels or the further she goes, the less control she has. Correct. Yeah. Like, like I said, she can travel through time, but it's not like she can just do it on a whim. Like she has to concentrate and whatnot. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a cost, which we love. Yes. And she's also a sorceress. She is the sorceress supreme of um, limbo. She's already dealt, even at a young age, dealt with the multiverse. Um, she actually is con- technically considered on, on. She, I'm literally looking at this right now. So she's a sorcerer supreme candidate. So she's alongside people like Doctor Doom, Wanda Maximoff, William Kaplan, even Storm and Johnny Blaze are on this list for some reason. Oh so God, she, Johnny she, Blaze is yeah. Wong, obviously. So she's on the list for Sorcerer Supreme, which I think in in a what if she became the Sorcerer Supreme. We are going to talk about today. Yes, she also has a sword called the Soul Sword, um, which I don't know if it's actually part of her soul, but I know I've seen people like Rasputin Five, Rasputin Four use this because that's a genetic uh, one of the genetic templates for that mutant is Colossus. So mm-hmm. and because. They're both, they would both be Rasputins. She's using the Soul Sword, which so yeah, which is awesome. Yeah. But she's like, like I said, a very less, a very not so well known character, which sucks. She's, she's I mean, she, she's shit. not so well known from the outside, but she has like, if you read comics, she has like. Oh, she's a teacher now at this uh, Strange yeah. Academy. Yeah, the way that her character has progressed is really really interesting, and I feel like she also stayed like fairly over most of her appearances whether it's in like direct continuity or otherwise Mm -hmm. but she's usually one of those higher stakes characters but it's like kind of coming in at the last second type thing yeah she's cool she's she's pretty (coughs) cool all right so excuse me i will so let's get into it with our first version of iliana rasputin from earth 295 we had to talk about Oh, this is Apocalypse. We gotta talk about it. We, we can't not talk, talk about, about it. it. We all, I mean, if we're bringing up an X-Men, Apocalypse shows up. This is what happens. Well, Apocalypse, Man. well, it's, if you don't, it's, so it's been a while, so if you don't know what Earth-295 is, Earth-295 is re- frequently referred to as Age of Apocalypse, mm-hmm. which, long story short, alternate reality caused by the, the son of Professor X coming back in time to try to kill Magneto, accidentally killing his father, and therefore allowing Apocalypse to wake early because he was really a threat to Apocalypse's rule. How the hell does that make sense? It's comic books. <laughs> we don't write this <laughs> shit, okay? It's I nice, agree. though, because it's like, it's like something like yeah. that should be like, so then shouldn't he be, not be able to come back because he killed his dad so he doesn't exist? Nope. 
not how it works. Multiverse crap. We yep. should all should be used to this by now with everything going on in the MCU True. and other things. Yeah, yeah. And we've talked about Earth 295 enough at this point that we're going to name drop a couple people throughout today's episode that we have talked about in detail before. So it's nice to like kind of revisit and go back to familiar multiverses, familiar timeline, this character, and look at it from even if it is still Age of Ultron. Yep. So... Eliana's childhood was full of tragedy as Apocalypse took over the world. He continued to slaughter all those who he saw as weak. Remember, this guy is like natural selection to the extreme, even among yeah. mutants. Like, it's not like, oh, humans should be killed. No, if you're a weak mutant, like, oh, all your you're your dead. mutant ability is your blue skin, dead. Yep. You know? Um. So Eliana was taken to the slave pens where she found camaraderie. You might want to check your spelling there. Um, that's, that's spelled right. Maybe. Uh, yeah, that's spelled right. All right, whatever. Come at from Rottery. Anyway, with a fellow prisoner <laughs> named Clarice Ferguson, while her brothers Colossus and Mikael joined e- either side of the war. Mikael is uh, the, the third sibling. I don't know how to describe him, but I know currently right now he is ruining Colossus's life. In yeah, the comics. that's true. I'll talk uh, too much about that. But... Yeah. I don't want to spoil that because it's craziness, but Colossus joined Magneto's X-Men and Mikael uh, Apocalypse's Horsemen. Suffice to say, these brothers don't like each other. No. Uh, Ileana was believed to be dead by her brothers, but while her brothers were recruited, she continued her days at the Seattle Corps facility, a factory that Apocalypse depended on to continue to run his new empire. Meanwhile, her brother Colossus and his team were contacted by the time-displaced bishop who informed them there was a reality that could save them that was erased by the now dead Charles Xavier and his son Legion. I'm pretty sure the reality he's referring to is 616. Correct. Something like that. Yeah. Which we know isn't gone. It's just they can't access it because technically speaking, and this is, again, I'm being technical here, they shouldn't be able to exist in each other's, like, basically it's, I, I imagine it like they're on two separate branches of the tree, so they really shouldn't be able to access it. Meanwhile, we have characters like uh, X-Man from oh, yeah. this universe who fuckery, or as I like to call him, Mutant Jesus. Yeah, off, I'd, off I'd ba- love that. Based off of the last time I saw him, he looks like mutant, He looks like Jesus. Um, the thing, I, I never would have heard Mutant Jesus had I not talked about X-Man with you. That's what I love. <laughs> just like somebody referring to him as Mutant Jesus. It makes so much sense when mm-hmm. you just like talk about it. Yeah, it's perfect. Um, so Magneto sent his X-Men on a myriad of missions to restore the timeline. I don't know how, but whatever. Uh, when Colossus learned that his sister was not only alive, but destined to be given the powers to travel across time and space. Because at this point, she does not have access to her powers with the direct continuity of 616. Right. So she, she is still have stepping discs. Right. She is still, I believe she's still classified because of heritage. But she is just why right. she was killed. But she she was an old. I think at this point she wasn't old enough because in the six one six she's captured by in, in put in limbo and therefore ages up faster. Yeah. Um. So informing Magneto, he immediately agreed to aid Colossus on a mission to save his sister with Colossus's wife Shadowcat. Yes, Kitty Pride. Don't laugh at that because if you read her, what she's doing now, she's a freaking badass assassin oh, and fuck she's your day up. So cool now. I love her progression. It's so awesome. Um, Colossus took a small team to Seattle Generation Next facility. Okay. I don't know what that means. Uh, It's just, it's the same. It's the Seattle core. No, I know, but it's like, what what do you do there? I don't actually really want to know. 
personally, <laughs> uh, where Eliana was being held, and when the matter-absorbing Mondo att- attempted to smuggle Eliana out of the facility and failed, Colossus broke in himself, saved his sister, leaving his team of students to die. Yeah. All right, Colossus. Yeah, it's sort. Of, it's interesting because this version of Eliana also sort of highlights some interesting things about Colossus as well. He becomes very single-minded as soon as she comes into the picture. Not in, like, a weird way, but in a way where it's, it's like... It's like the safety of my sister or saving people. Fuck it. Right. Fuck them. My sister is more important to me. His, his loyalty becomes so concrete that it becomes a little... Which is interesting. I like I liked that approach, or I like that discussion with Colossus, because he is, like, mm-hmm. a noble character, so I think it makes sense to talk about it with him. Yeah. But... But um, becoming increasingly more protective of his now rescued sister, Colossus learned upon uh, learned oh learned upon returning to the X Men's base that Magneto and Magneto and the Mkron crystal this fucking thing uh, <laughs> I know we've talked about it before if you don't remember what it yeah, is it's like a yeah. space crystal that connects it's like a doorway to other universes uh, it's a MacGuffin it's, it's a MacGuffin yeah also technically apparently the death of the sixth reality I yeah. don't know. The reality where uh, Galactus technically. Uh, anyway, mm-hmm. uh, so Magneto and the Mkron Crystal were in, both in Apocalypse's possession. Rogue took charge and organized the X-Men for a final strike on Apocalypse's Citadel. During the final battle, Magneto convinced Ileana to join Bishop and Destiny, the wife of uh, Mystique, in the, yeah, the, in the center of the Mkron Crystal to help in restoring the previously mentioned reality. Within the crystal, she found that her access to her powers was restored and she could actually send Bishop back to the day and time when Legion slew Xavier, preventing this reality from ever occurring. Upon doing so and exiting the crystal, she saw her brother mortally wounded mortally wounded uh, by Gambit with Shadowcat and Iceman killed as well. Her brother's last words were for her to be someone braver than he was. Bishop would succeed in his mission, but it would only diverge Earth. 295 from 616, keeping Earth 295 intact. And while Magneto did manage to kill Apocalypse, Ileana was last seen after the nuclear weapons that were launched um, were stopped by Jean Grey and her fate remains unrevealed. So, yeah, Earth 295 became Earth 295 after they pretty much brought back 616. Like how Days uh, Days of Futures Past technically does still exist, because in in a way it's like when that happens and this is from what i understand with marvel if you do that like you change reality and then you fix it you didn't fix it well you did but then there's a version of reality where it didn't get fixed so it continues from there like the heroes reborn with the um what should we call it oh my god what do they call it with the squadron supreme i'm pretty sure that reality still exists somewhere oh yeah yeah, it's weird because even though if you like quote unquote fix a timeline, you you explained it really well. It's just like there's still there's always going to be alternate versions of that better timeline. Yep, yep, yep. All right, next one. <clears throat> We're gonna move on to Dark Child, which once again is sort of the evil alter ego that exists within magic um, because of her powers. And this is from Earth two three two three eight. Um, on this earth, she is deputy of Kit Pride, who we also talked about in our Kitty Pride episode, who is a criminal overlord of her justice. Um, and she is actually outright killed at the beginning of Dark Child's sort of reign. But um, we talked about Kit Pride a little bit more in depth, so I'll go too deep in. But basically what you need to know, 
is that she is a criminal overlord and she uses this band or sort of like mini army called justicers to enact her will. Um, And on this earth, if you are a mutant, um, you are not exterminated, but you are arrested and sometimes exterminated depending on the extent of your powers. So it's similar to an apocalypse situation, but not exactly the same. It's a little, a little bit of different flavoring, but basically the same thing. Um, so Kit Pride is killed. She's pushed from her tower by Dark Child so she could take over her entrance. Important to note that this is not Ilyana. This is Dark Child. Even though they both inhabit the same body, there are drastically different decisions that are made depending on who is inhabiting the body said body at that time. Um, After taking out Kit, she also expelled her oppressive force, the justice in the building, leaving them with nowhere to go and forcing them to obey her rule. So now that they don't have Kit to follow anymore, they don't have anywhere else to go. Dark Child takes over the tower that Kit Pride used to command, and the Justicers essentially lose their jurisdiction um, and have no other to follow Dark Child or thrown out into this wasteland of an Earth. Um, but the Justicers actually seek to enact their cruel regime of no mutants once again. But with Dark Child in power, they needed a plan. So while they are formulating said plan, Dark Child attempts to use her powers to read Professor Alistair Stewart's thoughts, which are valuable to her because of his insight on a time-traveling train used by Team Excalibur that could allow the Justice So, lots in that sense. Alistair Stewart is an important professor because he's an expert on the paranormal. Um, his name comes up a couple times in 6162, and he's basically the same within this universe. Um, so Dark Child is attempt, like attempting to try and use him without recruiting him to get his knowledge on how the Justicers might enact said revenge that she knows is coming. Um, and Team Excalibur is sort of like a multiversal paranormal within this universe um, that is coming from a- another reality to potentially overthrow Dark Child. So Rachel Summers is also in this universe. And she is being tended to by Alistair and in the possession of the Phoenix Force. She is able to stop Dark Child from reading his mind. She stops him from coming across that line to get said information. So Dark Child can't know when this attack is coming, if it's coming. She doesn't know how to prepare. So now that Rachel sort of like uses the last bit of her powers to protect Alistair's uh, subconscious, um, Dark Child attempts to overtake her now weaker Phoenix Force with Shadow as a transport smashes into the tower and Dark Child is only saved by Nightcrawler, diving to teleport her out of the way. Realizing that the Justice had arrived to stop her, um, she hides Nightcrawler, Alistair, and Rachel within her shadow magic and presents an innocent face to the now invading Justicer. But the Justicers had a trick up their sleeve in the form of Megan, who is a mutant with fairy lineage who could see through illusions and immediately calls Dark Child on her bluff and shatters her illusion. Dark Child and her sort of get into a tussle. Dark Child chucks her across the room with her powers as the Justicers open fire. Their sort of fire bounces off her harmlessly because she's transformed into her Dark Child form. She's immune to all sorts of different types of damage. Um, so as the dust- Justicers continue to distract Dark Child, Brian and Betsy Braddock, two members of the Excalibur team, with Betsy being a powerful psychic, restore Rachel Summers to her full strength, who then uses the Phoenix Force to strip Ilyana of her Dark Child persona and her powers so the Justicers are able to arrest her and take her out of power. So it's kind of a lot. This is one of those weird ones. There's a lot going on, Um, but it's interesting. Look at the cycle of like terms of power in this universe, because you have a criminal overlord who's overthrown by sort of like a 
interesting sort of like demon king who is then once again overthrown by said justicers. So it's like a weird, interesting sort of cycle. And you have a lot of interesting characters that you didn't think would fit together, like Alistar, like Rachel Summers. Um, I mean, you always got to have a little bit of a dollop of, you know, a side X-Men story, I feel like, just around to pal around when they had time. So I think a little bit of Phoenix never hurt nobody. You know, it's always an interesting sort of X factor, if you will, to potentially hurt nobody. (laughs) Or at the very least, it made them stronger so that they couldn't get hurt. But yeah, kind of a weird one for sure. But these are the ones that we try to bring you. Um, And there's lots of Dark Child versions of Ilyana, but without a doubt, this is one of the most involved mm-hmm. um and so uh, yeah the other ones are kind of like oh what if she never turned back would have you know yeah. Child pretty much too, like boring kind of the stuff basic that you expect <laughs> but this next I mean, one though is weird <laughs> this one's real i i liked i was so happy when I this, this one. also this so this is eliana resputina from earth 717 which is this story it's a little bit of spoiler to recommended reading is what if the Fantastic Four were cosmonauts, which actually also shares the same universe as what if Thor was the Herald of Galactus and what if Captain America fought in the Civil War? They all share one universe, which is pretty dope. Um, So this one, she is one of four cosmonauts sent in a shuttle in 1951 that was exposed to cosmic radiation alongside the other pilots, Rude Richards, or Rudd Richards, uh, Rudian Richards, I guess is his full name, Natasha Romanoff, and Pyotr Rasputin, and they returned to Earth changed. Ileana was not able to turn invisible. Rudd Richards could open, discontinue, discontinue. I, I read it as discontinuities. Discontinu, discontinuities in his body to stretching, to stretch at great distances. Basically, like arm fall off man, but Two I guess better. Yeah. Is it through time and space? Because it seems more like he can just move it in place. So just, I think what they're saying is that he can still stretch, but the way that he stretches through discontinuities, it makes me think that it's kind of like a oh, nightcrawler it, type thing. It's great distances by means of small ruptures in the fabric of space. Yeah, exactly. So, so instead of it like, you know, yeah, rubber moving his body, his body can stay in one spot mm-hmm. while his arms, head, legs move. Okay. Yeah. Weird. Um, Natasha could fly and discharge electrical energy, and Pyotr kept his powers as Colossus, but this time with a dope mustache. Yeah. <laughs> um, I want to. Their names though for this squad is really funny. I or oh, I like yeah. it's just uh, Colossus. Let's see, Ruddy Richards was called was just Ruddy Richards. He didn't have a special name. Widowmaker. Yep. And Liana and Colossus. I don't think she got a special name either. No, unfortunately. That's boring. Um, But the mustache is cool. Yes. So upon arriving to Earth, and at the suggestions of Victor Von Doom, the four were dubbed the ultimate Federalist Freedom Fighters and made the Soviet Union's premier superhero team. In the beginning of their career, they were deployed to self-crisis at the border and generate goodwill for the Soviet people and its allies. However, after the death of Stalin, the UFFF, shit, that's a lot of Fs, uh, fell under the control of the KGB, who wanted to use them more proactively. Rudd was absolutely this idea, but was overruled by Ileana and Natasha. Pyotr did not have a say, as his abilities seemed to have a side effect of his mind and body deteriorating, turning him into a child dependent on Ileana. Well, that sucks. It was a weird sort of dark turn that I didn't really expect to see coming. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, the team was eventually deployed to Cuba to fight the Avengers, and the mission was an absolute disaster. Iron Man easily defeated Natasha, while a panicked Rudd toyed with Giant Man's belt, causing him to turn larger than his heart could tolerate. Ileana was nearly crushed in Giant Man's fall, but was saved by General America. But despite this, she attempted to shoot him. Piotr, not wanting his sister to kill some someone who had just saved her life in the losing battle, but his indestructible hand in front of her gun, causing it to explode an embedded shrapnel in her body. So, oops. Didn't go well. <laughs> no, it did not. It, they got their asses handed to them. The knockoff, fantastic at all. Yeah. Um... I will say I do like the creativity and how they flavored uh, Rudy and Richard's powers. I thought that was an that was an interesting way to do it while keeping them basically the same. So instead mm-hmm. of just like turning into a rubber band, he just stays in one place and little portals opens up and it pop through, which is kind of interesting. I also like how only because I'm looking at it to, as I wanted to see who shows up in this book. Um, the Watcher is a guy named Hector es- Espejo, and oh. he he's He's from 616, and he accidentally um, used his computer system to computer. He linked it to computers in other realities, so he's able to kind of just, like, look into this. Interesting. Your websites from other worlds, so that's hilarious <laughs> to me. Oh, that's, he's a fucking, he's like a basement hacker. That's so he's funny. A, he's, but he's the watcher. Oh, I love that. That's awesome. <laughs> just imagine him, like, sweating behind a computer screen. That's wonderful. Yep. Great. All right, and this last one we talked about a little bit. Um, but a little bit of an extra piece to it that we weren't able to watch. So this is also Ileana Rasputin from Earth 18133. So uh, the Sorcerer Supreme of Limbo, Belasco, who, if you remember, we discussed in our Nightcrawler episode, Belasco is a Terrigen Mist mutated version of um, Nightcrawler. Is it? Terrigen Mist or is or it, not um, not Terrigen Mist. He's stage magic. three. No, his mutation was mutated to buy properties of something similar to a Terrigen Mist, from what I remember. Got somebody it. somebody alters. He's an alternate his... reality. He's an alternate reality version of Nightcrawler. Yeah, he is, but his his mutation is more severe by outside. Like literally, they go in like essentially, from what I remember, put him in some sort of incubation and alter his mutation so that he. Still Nightcrawler, but he's pretty drastic. Um, so, nevertheless, Velasco kidnaps eight-year-old Ileana and takes her back to his domain. And he promises to train her while she was there to make her his apprentice, hoping that her indoctrination at a young age would allow him more power to fund his overall goals as Sorcerer in Limbo. However, as she grew older and developed her teleportation abilities, she is able to escape him and his domain, though she is still not in full control of her abilities. So she finds Stephen Strange and studies under him for a year by her own choice. She actually seeks him. Eventually, Belasco tracks her down and attempts to kill Stephen, but Ileana, now more trained in the mystic arts, is able to save Stephen and kill Belasco outright with her soul staff. After this battle... Stephen made the decision that he would train her to be his successor as he grew tired of his... And yet, under unexplained means, Ileana's powers transport her far beyond the reaches of their unit. And Stephen has to spend decades searching, never losing hope that she is alive some. So they have this whole saga, and this is where it sort of bridges a little bit into Stephen Strange's final days as... So he searches for so long that all the Sorcerer Supremes of Earth die out. So he gathers their bones in a last ritual to find Ileana 
that would claim his life in the process. So he casts the ritual, he dies, and it's not in vain because the ritual is so powerful that it gets the attention of Eternity, who wakes Ileana from her cosmic slumber and returns her home. Well, Eternity wakes her and she returns to find mm-hmm. Strange waiting for her as a post-mortem ghost and finally take the mantle. So I wanted to end on like a good note that had like something a little bit nicer versus her unrevealed fate from growing up in a slave pen in Deep Apocalypse. Her getting embedded in shrapnel with her brother's mental health slowly deteriorating. Magic is kind of the subject of much darker storylines than you would expect. So I wanted mm-hmm. to find something that's a little bit more upbeat to end the episode. But yeah, she ends up being Sorcerer Supreme of Limbo, and that is sort of the reason that this is a different Earth continuity is because, one, where Belasco kidnaps her from is a separate Earth, even though she is still Sorceress Supreme of Limbo within the main continuity, even though doing other things. Well, I think because for what I know, if you look into just the story of her being trapped in Limbo, she interacts with a different version of the X-Men. So so Limbo is like... Limbo is a pocket dimension that I guess has other... It's like the M-Crown Crystal. It's got other doors to other realities. So, like, you can interact... I mean, that's how you have Belasco. Belasco's a different version of Nightcrawler, and yet he's interacted with Nightcrawler before. Right, right. Where the M-Crown is a MacGuffin, Limbo is like a blank check. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like... Like, you could just go in there and leave and end up in another dimension if you know what you're doing. Right, absolutely. So... So those are four super weird versions of magic. Um, there are different versions of her. I mean, we could very easily talk about her in continuity version for a really long time. For like ever. But I wanted to find some like truly kind of weirder version. Um, mm-hmm. So there you go. If you're looking to read a little bit more on Sorcerer Supreme, Ileana Rasputin, or just read that continuity that we just talked about, you'll find her in What If. Um, give the actual. So Doctor Strange, The End, Volume 1, Issue 1 as well as um, What If Issue 1. Hold on, let me look that up real quick. Zach, do the rest of the recommendations. Okay. Um, you want to I want to make sure I give the right one. The UFFF, um, <laughs> What If Volume 1, Issue 1. So it's just, it's really What If, um, What If the Fantastic Four were cosmonauts. Um, you want to read about Dark Child, Excalibur Volume 1, Issue 23, uh, Age of Apocalypse, Ileana Rasputin, Generation Next, Volume 1, Issue 1 through 4, Amazing X-Men, Volume 1, Issue 4, X-Men Omega, Volume 1, Issue 1, Blink, Volume 1, Issues 3 and 4, uh, X-Men Apocalypse, One Shot, Volume 1, Issue 1. So the What If Sorcerer Supreme, I know I think I have that one myself. Oh, yeah? I just can't remember what it what it's called. Um, I believe... I th- I th- it's literally just What If Magic, we just found uh, it. Okay, so there you go. And it's volume one issue, which is why I got con- I didn't throw the little tag on there. I thought that's what it's called, but I just said what if volume one issue one, and I was like, that's you know, and you don't know I what to look for there. Yeah, I want to make a slight, quick discussion because I because I like this and if I ever get an an excuse to talk about mer- um you know hybrids, I will. Um, Hellhound from oh, yeah. World. Yeah, yeah. Um. Which you can find this one in Infinity Wars, Weapon Hex 1 and 2. Um, this is, she's pretty much magic mixed with Sabretooth. Because she has to deal with Scarlet Witch mi- mixed with Laura Kenny Wolverine. There you go. Yeah, so, I, forgot, I forgot about that. Yeah, but she's a short one. She doesn't really. Speaking exist. of good combinations, they should have written more about. Good lord. Yes. Um, and I, it, she doesn't even have a real name. She's just called Hellhound. Yeah. I kind of wanted it to be like a combo of their names. Ileana, 
That's kind of a sick name. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's Eliana Creed, Victoria Rasputina. Mm. I don't know. Victoria oh. Rasputina could be. Yes. But that has been magic. Uh, this is also, I want to, obviously you see it on the title, at magic with a K at the end. Why? I don't know. It's edgy. Yeah. 90s. Yeah. When, when you say, when you throw the K on the end of magic or magic, it makes it sound more occult, I guess. Sure. That's or maybe reason. it's the whole Russian thing. Who knows? Maybe they spell magic with a K. I don't know. I don't speak Russian. Exactly. That's what I'm spell Russian. <laughs> don't spell Russian. <laughs> but welcome back. We're back. It's the first time. It's nice to be back. I'm glad that we're back in the swing of things. We should fall back into a more regular schedule now that life things are happening less so. Mm-hmm. Um, and excited to character. Yes, me too. Um, so... Now that we're out of limbo, join us next time for another comic book character.